Help me welcome our internet audience, if you would. God bless you guys. So glad you're with us. Peace to your house. You may be seated. You may be seated. We have had a wonderful morning, and I'm glad that you're here. And uh, how many of you got my email that had a little video I sent out? Did did y'all get that? Okay, y'all didn't check your email then. (laughs) Or you don't have email, or we don't have your email address. But um, uh, it's a wonderful way that we're able to communicate with you, and we won't abuse that. We won't sell your address or anything, but just a way to keep you informed and so forth. So. Uh, Amen. Well, we're going to dive right back into our series called Day by Day. Everybody say Day by Day. And uh, let's start out with this principle that is just foundational all the way through. What you do day by day takes you to your future. Everybody say that with me. What you do day by day takes you to your future. Now personalize it and say this. What I do day by day takes me to my future. Everybody say that with me. What I do day by day takes me to my future to my future. And you know what? This truth, I believe, begins with God, but you can find that even people who uh, are not aware of God, not thinking of God, refusing to think of God, in every realm, every arena of life, what you do day by day takes you to your future. And we talked a lot about consistency last week, and uh, this is a big, big thing. We're going to get into some good things over the next few weeks um, concerning this. Whenever... um, you know, the heart of a pastor is you want to help people. Um, you, you want their needs met. You, you know, I'm a, I'm a fixer. Sometimes my wife will be telling me something and I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to fix it. And she goes, I didn't ask you to fix it. So then the next time she's telling me something and I don't respond really. And she goes, aren't you going to do something? <laughs> and so one of the, there's two ways to understand your wife, guys. And neither one of them have been discovered yet. So, but they're, they're out there. I hope she's not watching my internet. She was, she was here second service. She's home cooking. So, but anyway, uh, but I'm a fixer anyway. And then as a pastor, you, you, you want what God really intends for his people. You know, it's almost like if I could do it for you, if I could help you with it in every way. And please know that that is my heart. The danger of that sometimes is then the message of truth, you want to pitch too low. You want to lob it to people when, in fact, it it needs to be pitched to you, you know, straight, fastball, so that we could get it. Because there are disciplines and truths that we must embrace. You know, the things of God and what he wants for you, they are available but they're not automatic and you have to cooperate with God. Now let's not reduce. Uh, and, and what we're talking about here are actually spiritual disciplines, spiritual disciplines. And I don't want this word discipline to scare you though. Okay. Everything has disciplines. There are things that go with it. Another, uh, way to phrase this, uh, is spiritual formation that we're being formed and shaped and, and growing in the things of God. But it takes these disciplines. Don't let that be a harsh word for you. It's actually a good, good thing. And everybody desires, as we've talked about, the goal would be to be happy, stable. Join in with me. Happy, stable, fruitful, blessed, so that we could be a blessing and then ultimately bring glory to God. Everybody wants to do that. I don't know of anybody that wouldn't want that. But in order for that to happen, there are disciplines, there are truths, there are practices that must 
uh, be a part of our life in this. Now, spiritual disciplines can consider this. This is not just a list of do's and don'ts. This is not uh, some checklist. It's not some religious, another set of rules. This actually, when we commit ourselves to a day by day to spiritual disciplines, it actually has to do uh, with the whole idea that we are making a sacred decision. And I'm trying to think of a stronger way to say that. We're making a sacred decision. We're not just, you know, ambling along. Sacred decision and expecting help from heaven. How many of you know that we need help from heaven? We need the help of the Holy Spirit to do this. And and I'm convinced of this. If If we could have done this in our own strength, we would have already done this. You know, we, we'd already be overcoming, we would be free, we would be, you know, all, we would be a much greater blessing to the people around us than we are now. But it is a sacred decision, if I can put it that way, and then help from heaven. Zechariah said it this way, it's not by might, it's not by power. And those words are super strong. They talk about military strength, you know, not by might nor by power. It's by my spirit, says the Lord. And there's so much about the spirit that we don't know how he will do something and and, and just, we underestimate the spirit. I'll put it that way. We underestimate what he's able to do and what he wants to do in us and consequently through us. Can I get an amen out of the church today? So if it's a sacred decision and, and then help from heaven, we're cooperating with God. We're cooperating with God. And, and again, this is not a works thing. This is just cooperating with God. Now, I, in me growing up as a, as a Christian... Um, I've always heard this phrase, you need to count the cost, count the cost, consider the cost of discipleship. And I want to suggest to you maybe something even more that you should count. Don't just count the cost of discipleship. I think you need to consider and count the cost of non-discipleship. Think about that. Not just, well, what will it take for me to follow Jesus? I would rather you look at what's going to happen if you don't. And look at, just look at this passage here in Proverbs Chapter 13, verse 15, this is in the Amplified Bible, and it says this, the way of the transgressor, so this is non-discipleship, the way of the transgressor is, come on, say it, it's hard, like the barren, dry soil or the impassable swamp. You know, the Christian life, to live the Christian life, it's not hard. It's impossible without him helping us, without him helping us. And any other path that you would take, It's going to be that dry, impassable swamp. It's going to be hard. We need to seriously consider the lack of discipleship in our life and make sure that we have these spiritual disciplines in place in our life. Now, that came from the book of Proverbs. Did you know that in your Bible there's a book called Proverbs? And I recommend you find it, okay? Find it. And um, the Proverbs, this this is a cool thought too. There's 31 of them. And guess what? Every month has about... 31 days, extra credit. <laughs> so today is January 11th, Proverbs 11th. And, it, and in it, you're going to find wisdom and you're going to find instruction that will help you. But the thing I want to point out this morning about Proverbs is this. It's a study of contrast. It's a study of contrast. You've got the, the godly and the ungodly. It, you read it and it's one verse, one part of the verse will say the godly, and then it will talk about the ungodly. It's, it's a study of contrast. And then it'll talk about the righteous and then the wicked. and talk about the wise and the foolish. And, and what it shows to us that 
it makes it very, very clear for us which life, the godly or the ungodly, the foolish or the wise, the, uh, you know, the righteous or the wicked, it show you which life is going to have joy and strength and help and blessing. It makes it really, really clear. So that's one reason why we need to be reminded daily in the Proverbs. Amen? Now, what this brings for us then is consistency. You know, because it's not about, okay, I should be this. It's about consistently being and doing, walking in, walking in, a, in a path. I shared with you last week that consistency beats intense effort every time. Consistency beats intense effort every time. And inconsistency actually creates disruption. So what we're trying to do is get somewhere and stay somewhere. We're trying to get to a place where there's joy and strength, let me put it this way, where we're happy and stable and fruitful and blessed and being a blessing and and bringing glory to God by how we live our life. So it's a matter of getting there and staying there. And so consistency is a huge thing. But if we live inconsistently, that's why we have to have spiritual disciplines. When do we need them? Day by day, that as we do that, then we're able to continue to make, to make progress along these things. Eugene Peterson that put together the um, message Bible, paraphrase, I love it. Um, he, he puts it this way, long obedience in the same direction. I like that, long obedience in the same direction. Keep doing it. Keep doing these things day by day. I want to focus in on this word right here, direction. Everybody say direction. Um, Think about this with me. With cars, computers, lawnmowers, something happens to them, they have a problem, and that problem needs to be fixed. But with people, it's directions that need to be changed. Think about that. See, with things, there's a problem with it, then that needs to be fixed. But with people, look at me, listen to me. It's not, just, it's not just a problem. It's a direction. And largely what we need is to correct the direction. We, we need to redirect some things in our life. And we're going to be looking at that here this morning. So directions, and I didn't mean for this to necessarily rhyme, but it helped you to remember. The directions you take are from the decisions you make. The directions you take are from the decisions you make. Now, I, don't know, I know you don't want to deal with this this morning, you know, or this afternoon, lunch, and all that. I, I don't want to hear it today. But largely where you're at today is the result of a lot of decisions you make. Amen. Uh, I got more of an amen than I thought it would. I thought, okay. But the directions you take come from the decisions you, you make. Did you know this too? Indecision is a form of decision. You've decided to not decide. And when you live indecisive, when you live unclear that way, when you won't decide some things, and that's why we have the light of God's word and wisdom and help from the Holy Spirit and godly counsel to help us to decide. But indecision is a form of decision. And when we won't decide, then you know what we tend to do? We tend to just then float along. And if you float along in life, you're pretty much, I'm going to pretty much guarantee you're going to be headed in the wrong direction. Because life talks about, the Bible talks about our life in following him is its steps and its paths and its traction. And even in the rough places, he makes our feet like hind's feet. He makes our, our, he gives us 
firm-footed stability. And that does not sound like just floating along to me. His word is a lamp into our, a light into our path, a lamp into our feet. You know, and there's too much in the word that I, don't, I just don't think we're just supposed to float along. So, well, pastor, I don't know what to decide. Then what you need is wisdom. And wisdom is the principal thing. And if you ask God for wisdom, the Bible says he will give it to you and he will give it to you generously. That's a little bonus for you right there. You hear me say this a lot, especially altar time or whatever. I'll say this, that if you're making decisions and going in directions that take you away from God, you will incur damage. Think about it. If I'm deciding things away from, that take me away from God, if I'm going in directions that take me away from God, I'm going to get hurt. Okay, I got to get y'all in this. How many of you, just be honest, be humble this morning, you've made decisions before or you've gone in directions before away from God and it hurt you. Come on, it hurt you. It hurt you relationally. It hurt you financially. It hurt you emotionally. I mean, it's hurt you. I mean, we can go on and on and on. Whenever you're making decisions, going in directions that take you away from God, you will incur damage. What do I need to do? You need to redirect. There's a Bible word for that. It's called repent which means to turn around and head in the right direction. And, and this is what we're talking about. And day by day, it's setting a course and setting a direction for our life. Realize that life, again, battling the idea of just floating along, life is not static, okay? It doesn't just stay the same. You're, you're either growing or you're shrinking. You're either moving forward or, or you're, you're moving back. You're either climbing or you're sliding, You're either learning or you're losing. And so life is not static. So we have to be super intentional about progress in our life and being going in the right direction. So direction in our life is related to spiritual disciplines. I'll go back to this. Y'all with me? Okay. What you do day by day is going to take you to your future. And what we're trying to zero in on though, what to do day by day are your spiritual disciplines. Okay. Let me simplify what spiritual disciplines actually are. Your spiritual disciplines, they are things that we do, but this is what they are. It's like steps on a path where we follow Jesus in the path that takes us through life and ultimately to heaven. I'll say it again. So the spiritual disciplines, what we're doing is we're actually, we're just, we're doing things. We're taking steps where we follow Jesus. Everybody say, follow Jesus. Follow Jesus through life. And then on into eternity. And, that's what, and that is the best path for you. Amen. Now, how many of you get off the beaten path sometimes? All right, thank you for your honesty. We do. And, and sometimes we try to justify it. And real quick, we know, I know I'm off. Here's the wonderful thing. We can get back on track. Amen. Amen. All right. Um, beautiful thing about this as well is you can start where you are as you are. See, there's some things that we want to do, some places we want to go or or things we want to accomplish or whatever. And we feel like we hear this, well, there's prerequisites for that. Or you have to do this first or you have to have already been through that or this or that. You know, we have all those things. The beautiful thing about spiritual disciplines, about following Jesus is you can start right where you're at and you start just as you are. The bus comes and picks you up. Okay. It comes to you and comes and picks you up in that way. And this is what we keep talking about, um, us moving from where we are to where God wants us to be. 
God meets you where you are. Look at the whole picture of Christmas that we just came through. He came where we were. He didn't go to the palace. He he came to, you know, a, a manger, a feeding trough, literally in a cave. I didn't want to blow your whole nativity scene, but it was more or less a cave, you know, and not beautiful and probably didn't smell that good. And he came to the lowest spot so he could make sure he didn't miss any of us. He comes to where we are. Are you all hearing me? He comes to where we are. And the beautiful thing about following him, we can start right where you are just as you are. You know, sometimes we have this mindset, I've got to get myself all together and then I'll follow Jesus. Look at me again. If you could get yourself all together, you would have already been together. We can't do it by ourselves. But it's in following him. Those steps will take us through life and on into eternity. Amen? All right, I've got to hustle now. Y'all are listening awesome here too. All problems, and that's a pretty bold statement, but I believe that all problems and all distress in the human condition, individually in society and our world, all problems, all distress are spiritual at the root. Think about it. Think about the news. Think about all that's going on in the world and look what's behind different things. Look at people that you're concerned about in your own life, your own circle of life, maybe at your own address. All problems and distress in the human condition are spiritual at the root. Here's the really good news. So is the cure. So is the cure. And so as we begin to work these spiritual disciplines, cooperating with God, it's going to be life-changing for all of us. So here's what we want to do. Uh, Day by day, everybody say day by day. Here's, here's what you need to do. Start right. Everybody say, start right. Come on, one more time. Start right. And it just makes sense, but we ignore it. But every day, day by day, just like taking a trip. How many of you have ever taken a trip? It confirmed what I feared about a lot of y'all. You've, you've never been anywhere. Okay. Okay, I'm going to ask you again. How many of you have ever taken a trip before? Okay, there, there you are. There you are. All right. Well, when you take a trip, and let's say you're going to take a, a, a road trip, you're, you're going to drive, okay? So when you get ready to take that trip, you need to start right. And so that means that as you're getting ready to go, you need to have a plan. You need to, you need to hey, we better check the tires. Um, let's put the kids in the car. <laughs> Unless that was your plan. And very important if you're going to go on a trip, snacks. Can I get an amen this morning? All right, good deal. So you're going to leave on that trip. You know, you don't, you wouldn't take a trip like this. You know, where, where are we going, daddy? Uh, I, I don't know. Or where are we going, daddy? We're going to Miami. And then you're. Your children say, but we just passed a sign that says you're now entering Louisiana. (laughs) We'll fix it after lunch. (laughs) But you know, that's the way we start into our day so often. We just take off. We do not start right. And the best way, we're talking about direction, the best way to get your day going in the right direction is to start right. I'll say it again. The best chance you're going to have of your day going in the right direction, and and let me just just stop right here. I'm not talking about a perfect day. I'm not talking about being perfect. That's heaven. We're still in Florida. 
okay? But the best chance I'm going to have, you're going to have, the best way that you or I can get our day going in the right direction is we're going to have to start right. So I've got seven things I'm going to share with you real quick. These don't, it won't take me long to share them. It won't take you long to do them, but it will help to make sure that you start right. Let me add this too. If I want my day to go in the right direction, I start right, then what will happen if I start my day right, day by day, I'll get my life going. See what I'm saying? Well, I'll get my life going in the right direction. So the first one is this. Number one, lordship. Lordship. Everybody say lordship. This is to declare daily the lordship of Jesus in your life. Let me just tell you the declaration in heaven, the declaration throughout every spiritual realm. You ready for this? Jesus Christ is Lord. One day, every knee will bow. You see a lot of characters and and players in all the news right now. A lot of arrogance and a lot of confusion and everything else. So look at me, mark my words, we'll be able to watch it. One day, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. Everybody, everybody, everybody. I don't care who they are. So we belong to him. And I think there needs to be a daily declaration. Jesus, you are Lord. You're the Lord of my life. What does Lord even mean? It actually means owner, ruler, master. And put it in our terms, boss. Jesus is your boss. My daughter Greta, when she was little, she'd tell her brothers, you are not the boss of me. We... We still remind them of that. But listen, Jesus, you're the boss of me. I don't want to be boss anymore. I've wrecked it too much, me being boss. Jesus, you are Lord. And I think it needs to be a spiritual declaration. I think it needs to be a mental declaration. You ready for this? I think it needs to be a verbal declaration. There's one other thing about it I'll show you here too. Look in Psalm 95. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the, before the Lord, our maker. This daily needs to be a declaration that's not just spiritual, mental, and verbal. I think it needs to be physical. Now, I'm not trying to create some kind of doctrine. I do this. I've done this for years. I'm not trying to act all holy in front of you. I'm just saying it is meaningful to me. And some, sometimes it helps me to be even more clear in the spiritual, mental, and verbal declaration to physically make that declaration. And this verse talks about it. And look throughout Scripture and look into heaven in Scripture. And you're going to find that when we're confronted with the Lordship of Jesus, the King of kings and Lord of lords, you will readily bow. And take your time and just bow before him and tell him, Jesus you're the Lord of my life. Put, put your head, forehead on the carpet if you want to, on the floor if you want to. And just take that moment and physically say to him, Jesus, you are Lord. And you say, well, I don't know if I can get down like that. Let me tell you something. If you dropped your wallet or a Big Mac, you'd get it back. <laughs> Wouldn't you? I think he's worthy. Amen. Number two, number two, 
Declare his greatness. Declare his greatness. You need to, again, declare his names, his exploits, just how great he is. Psalm 145, you can go and read that, and then it'll give you a good example, a good, a good template of how to declare his names, his exploits, his greatness. And when you do that, it honors him. It honors him, and it builds your faith. For you to stop, well, pastor, am I bowing down? Or I, I, don't, I don't care. It's up to you. It's you and God that you just begin to declare his greatness and tell him you're the creator and you're the redeemer. You're the first. You're the last. You're the beginning. You're the end. You're the alpha, the omega. You're the only wise God. You're the one who's able to tell the end from the beginning. You're the rose of Sharon. You're the prince of peace. You're the almighty God. You're that my heavenly father. You're my everything. And just to declare those things, I double, I triple dog dare you to get alone with God and don't act freaky or religious or anything else and just you and God and begin to tell him how awesome he is. And, and what will happen? It will honor God and it will stir up your faith. Amen. What are we talking about? Starting right. Starting right. Well, I, I'd like to do that in the afternoon. Do it again in the afternoon. But on your journey to Miami, don't end up in Louisiana. Well, we're going to wait until after lunch. That won't work, okay? Start right. Everybody say start right. right. Number three, give thanks. Give thanks. Everybody say give thanks. I think there's a minimum of three or four things that you can thank God for every time you talk to him. I said I think there's three or four things minimum that you can thank God for every time you talk to him. He is constantly so good to us. You didn't hear me. He is constantly so good to us. And don't just think your thanks. Again, I think this needs to be a verbal thing. The book of Hebrews says the fruit of our lips giving thanks. And and then, you know, you're doing this early and the rest of the family is still in bed. It doesn't mean you have to wake the whole house. Thank you. (laughs) Let them sleep. Okay. You can just yourself. God, I thank you for this. We were watching a, a show the other night. Um, uh, undercover boss. Have you all seen that? And the CEO of the company will go undercover and put on disguise and work among his workers. And, and he finds out the problems and needs and the incredible workers and all that. And then at the end, he has them all come in, shows them who he is. And he sits across the desk and he makes them whole in this sense. He, you know, you're in debt. And I want, I want to meet that debt for you. And I know you, need, I know you needed glasses and wanted to do that. And, and I want to do that for you. you know? And you haven't had a vacation. I want to send you on vacation. And I, want, I want to pay for your grandchildren to go to college. And I want to get you the training that you really wanted to get and weren't able to get. And it would be a real game changer for you. And, and they just pour the stuff out. People don't sit there and go. I mean, they start bawling. Y'all know what bawling is? I mean, they just start crying. They, I mean, they got the ugly cry on national TV. <laughs> Why? Because they're grateful. And God is so constantly good to us. How dare we even approach him and not bring up how good he... Sometimes we just walk up to him like, hey, how you doing? Like he's never done anything for us. I mean, it should be in the forefront of our mind. He did this for me. He did that for me. He did that for me. And, and thank, I think it's rude to approach God, even to talk to God, without, without thanking him for a couple of things. Amen. Amen. Now, the difference, the difference between being blessed and being spoiled is being grateful. The difference between being blessed and being spoiled 
is being grateful. We raised our kids that way. And if they, if they don't on their own say, thank you, mom, thank you, dad, we'll say this. And the thankful children said, <laughs> just to remind them, because I want this to be a part of our life because of this. Listen, if gratitude is missing out of your life, hear this, don't miss this. If gratitude is missing out of your life, you're not a grateful person, expressive about gratitude, especially toward God. That's like a, a, a vitamin deficiency. It's like a nutritional deficiency. And let me tell you what it will create in you. Hardness of heart. And the most dangerous condition for anybody, including believers, is hardness of heart. What is the antidote? What is the prevention of this? Give thanks. Everybody say give thanks. All right, I got to scoot along here. Number four, forgive. Forgive. Everybody say forgive. forgive. Just make sure every morning that you've let people go. I mean, think about it. The, the idea, and there are some cultures that would actually do this. If you stole somebody's goat, they would kill the goat and tie the goat to you. Okay? And so you had to, you had to carry a dead goat. I know you're thinking of relatives right now, but you had, you had, had to carry the dead goat. Until they forgave you. And when they forgave you, they cut you loose. You were now free. Y'all hear me? And they were saying to you, you owe me nothing. You owe me nothing. And some of y'all every morning are picking up dead goats. And strapping them to you. I will never forget and I will never forgive that they did this to me. And and no wonder you have only two friends. Because you smell like dead goats sometimes. Y'all hear me? And you've got to let people go. And you've got old things and you've got fresh things. You've got stuff that happened yesterday or the other day. Somebody cut you off in traffic. Somebody gave you a look somewhere. Somebody said something to you. And you go, I hope I see them today because I've been praying about what I'm going to say back to them. You haven't been praying about it. Here's what you need to go. You need, you need to do. You need to let them go. And here's, here's what you need to say. You owe me nothing. And some people you're never going to talk to. People cut you off in traffic. Anybody, that ever happen? I forgot. Y'all don't go anywhere. How many of you had somebody cut you off in traffic before? Have you ever called them a name? Come on. We can be honest in church. You ever call them a name? I did it the other day. And I wanted to tell you, ma'am, I am very sorry. No, I, I, no. Well, what... What do you do with that? I mean, okay, I'm going to go pull them over and tell them I'm sorry. No, you can't do that. This is what you do. You just say, you owe me nothing. You owe me nothing. In addition to letting people go as you start your day so that you're just not all clogged up with all of that, not weighed down with all that, I let everybody go. You can afford to forgive. You've been forgiven. You cannot afford to not forgive. And here's the other thing you need to do about forgiveness. You need to poise yourself and get yourself ready today. I'm going to forgive any knucklehead, I mean person that, that does anything to upset me, to throw me off to what I, I'm ready to forgive because some people are like, they're like a lint brush. They're just ready. People are always messing with me, getting in my, you know, and, and you just got to let them go and you got to position yourself. Just be ready. Don't be expecting. It's a given. Somebody's going to mess you up today. It's a given. Just be ready. Carry it, load up with the grace of God. Not only have you forgiven, you're ready to forgive. Amen. Number five, we're hurrying. Ask, pray, cast. This is where your needs, your questions, your problems, your cares, you talk to the Lord about them. 
Uh, in James chapter 4, verse 2, it says this. You do not have because you do not ask. You do not have because you do not ask. Look in Matthew twenty-one, twenty-two, And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. And what do we do sometimes? We're, we're a grump and it's 1030 in the morning. And why are we grumpy? Why are we only breathing with this much of our lungs? Because I got problems. I got needs. I got cares. I got worries. Well, why don't you give them to God? Because you're not carrying them very well. And they're wearing you out. They're turning you purple. They are making you a grump. And what you've got to do is get those over onto the Lord. And and that is an incredible time. You've got to trust the greatness of God. And you've just declared how great he is. Trust the greatness of God and lay those things at his feet. You're going to be surprised what happens when you pray and, and cast your cares on the Lord. Two other things real quick. Read and listen. Read and listen. God's word is God speaking to you. I recommend that you don't just read the Bible. I recommend that you let it speak to you. And as God speaks to you through his word, take the time with that. Let him speak to you. Want him to speak to you. You know, think about it. He's, he's omnipotent, all-powerful. He's omniscient. He's all-knowing. He's the only wise God. He knows the best way through everything. He's all that. Then why don't we invite him to say something? You know, we want him to fix that, do that, be this. Why don't we let him say something? Number one way that he'll, that he'll speak to us is through his word. And then by his spirit using his word. And you're, you're setting yourself up so that he will speak into your life. A great tool to help you with this are the life journals. And y'all went so crazy. I mentioned the life journals last week. That we had a thousand of them. They're all gone, okay? You bought them all, which is a wonderful thing. We've reordered. We hope to have them in a week or so, and we'll be back on. In the meantime, you can go to lifejournal.cc, or you can go to the U version. And those are apps if you have a computer, phone app, tab, or a phone, smartphone, or tablets or whatever. And you can get the uh, Life Journal app in there, the reading plan in there, and then you'll be reading. Like today was uh, Genesis 27, 28, uh, Psalm 4. And Luke chapter 11. And in a year's time, you're going to read through the Old Testament uh, once and New Testament twice. And, and then there's ways to just kind of process that where you're going to read and listen. And so you can go ahead and dive in on that. And I think it'd be a beautiful thing if our whole church family is kind of reading along together. So I really, I encourage everybody to be a part of that. All right. One last one. You ready for this? Number seven, stay full. Everybody say stay full. And by this, I mean be filled with the Holy Spirit. Look in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18 in the New Living Translation. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now look at me just for a moment. I don't have time this morning to go through everybody's religious background, tradition. I don't have time to address all of that or the different theologies and approaches and different things concerning the Holy Spirit. But I do know this. Look at me. Based on God's word, if you're a believer, you need to also be filled with the Holy Spirit. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Remember we talked about we need help from heaven. Your help from heaven is the Holy Spirit. And he is with you and he is in you and he'll come upon you and he will help you and he will lead you and he will guide you. And I do not want to do a millisecond without the Holy Spirit in my life. He will help you to pray. He will help you to witness. He will help you to get through storms. He will show you things you did not know. He will help you to discern something that's wrong and see something that is right. And he will give you, he will give you peace for life. You do not want to do this whole thing without the Holy Spirit. 
So whatever your background, your approach, or whatever your argument even about the Holy Spirit, let me just tell you, get past all those things and get before holy God and say, God, I want to be filled with your spirit. And you want to live full of the spirit. The Amplified Bible for that, for that passage actually says this, ever be filled. Others render it this way, keep on being filled. The Greek word actually has to do with to level up, to level up. And it means this, well, if I was filled, why do I have to be refilled? There you go. We leak. How many of you would admit we leak? No problem with God, but we leak. This is treasure in earthen vessels. We are clay jars. And sometimes we leak. And what we need to do is be filled with the Spirit. And so simply, and this is starting right. This is day by day. Simply, by faith, ask, Holy Spirit, fill me today. Holy Spirit, fill me today. How many of you drink coffee? Okay, it's the same ones that go on trips. Okay. <laughs> All right. Have, have you ever, you know, your friend, a waiter, a waitress, uh, your spouse or whatever, they've got the coffee pot and you, and you need a warm up? And, and you ask for it? And here's, and this is the same way you get refilled with the Spirit too. Just hold your cup up and ask. You ready for this? And be still. Just kind of hold still and let him fill you. And listen, you just ask and you wait reverently, expectantly, thankfully. And look at me for this. And don't make it what it's not. Don't think, well, if he fills me, I got to get goosebumps. (laughs) Don't say, well, if he he fills me, I got a jerk. I got a twitch. I got a something. No, you don't. He's... He's your helper. And the main ministry of the Holy Spirit, get this, the main ministry of the Holy Spirit is to help you in your daily personal life. Not to make you get goosebumps or act weird or anything else. It's to help you. And brother, sister, we need the help. And so have him, ask him to fill you every day. And the context of this is you can live a precise, powerful, purposeful life. Let me just wrap it up with this. What you do day by day is going to take you to your future. And every day we're headed somewhere. And it's going to be super important that we start right. Everybody say start right. And if we will start right, if I start right, that is my best, that's the best chance I have of of putting my day in the right direction. And if day by day I will continue to start right, then I'm going to get my life going in the right direction. And God's going to be able to do all that he wants to do in my life and through my life. But we've got to commit to this day by day. Amen. Did you get anything at all out of this this morning?